0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burkle, and I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to give you three areas to focus on in your finances that will impact your finances the most. Yeah, it should be fun. Fun little concept to work on here.
1: But before we dive into that, Alex, what are we drinking today? Uh, today we will be drinking the Brew Six Thousand from Fremont. It's a uh, It's one of their anniversary beers. It was released in 2022. Uh, It clocks in at a very, very uh, potent 11.9% alcohol. Uh, It's a barley wine that's been aged in bourbon barrels. So it just has 30 IBUs. So it'll be uh, interesting to taste. And judging by the the face that you're making, uh, this is not your style of beer. Way
0: too sweet. Way too sweet for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a barley wine beer. Um, yeah, it's this. We knew that this was
1: not going to be a good one for me, right? But sure. This is not the Ryan Burkle show. Uh, it's it's just an interesting like taste. I, I'm not a huge fan of barley wines myself, but this came super highly recommended from a, a local shop that I frequent. As far as barley wine goes, this is an amazing barley wine but I'm not a barley wine drinker, so I'll give it a six. Ox is giving it a six bottle caps. Um,
0: I'm going to give it a two. Um, How much of that is the style and how much
1: of that is the beer?
0: Yeah. Um, It's just overly sweet for me. Like I'm getting, yeah. So, if you like barley wines, to Alex's point, this is probably going to be right up your alley.
1: If you don't like barley wines, you probably shouldn't get this one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not sure what a barley wine is, I'd recommend trying one before you dive into something this uh, this heavy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So well, why, don't, why don't we dive into the, the topic at hand here? So focusing on the changes that's going to impact your finance the most, there are three Items that we're going to talk into today. The first one's going to be taxes. The second one's going to be growing your income. And The third one's going to be your savings rate.
1: Um, we'll start out with the uh, the ever present disclosure of we are not CPAs. We're not allowed to give tax advice. This is tax insight and tax strategies.
0: Yeah, so well, let's start with taxes here. And you know, we've had conversations uh, or episodes talking about you know thinking with the end in mind, and so. When we're talking about where you're saving your money, right, that, that's, a, that's an ingredient that you should not overlook, right? And if all of you, and it's more so, really, the point that we always drive home is Alex and I are not predicting what taxes are going to be, I mean, next year, let alone 30, 40, 50 years from now, right? What we are saying is almost everyone we talk to, the vast majority of their money is sitting in a tax deferred asset. And while that might work out well, it also might not work out well if taxes go up or you you know you end up having a higher income in retirement like there's a bunch of variables there that we can and, and mostly can't really control and so that's why this is why we always talk about having that financial balance in terms of taxation essentially what we're trying to do is create more control for you so that's number 1 thinking with the end in mind and understanding how your money's getting taxed this year because that's an ingredient in this conversation as well, as well as how's your money going to get taxed over time, right? If you add all of that up, I mean, taxes, like it's true what they say, death and taxes, right? Those are the two things we can count on. And so too often we find that when we're sitting down with someone and we ask the question, okay, how did you decide to put that amount of money in that vehicle? We often times get the deer and headlight look
1: where they're kind of like, I uh, don't know. Or they get the answer of like, well, everyone always told me to take the deduction today, not even contemplating or even realizing sometimes that this meant that all of the dollars coming out of it, plus all the growth over that time period was going to be taxable at retirement. 100%. Which takes us to,
0: to number two, which is growing your income. This This goes into the tax conversation as well, because let's just face it, like unless you are on the verge of retirement or or don't need the income, and even if you don't need the income, oftentimes your income is gonna go up. Right. Right. Like I don't know how many times I ask this question when we're sitting down with a client and we ask them, okay, what do you think your income's gonna do? And they all kind of look at us like, uh, well, it's gonna go up. Right. If no one ever says my income is gonna go down unless they're on the verge of retirement. Or they're in a ridiculously volatile industry. Correct. Correct. And so oftentimes when we're looking at impact on our finances, well, this is a huge impact. Imagine one year you're making $100,000 a year. And the next year you're making $200,000 a year because you transition from, I don't know, some tech company over to Amazon and they're giving you RSUs, right? So now you've got this extra income coming in the door. Okay. Now you've got $100,000 that you weren't used to having come in the door How much of that is going to go into lifestyle and how
1: much of that are you going to be able to save? Well, and like, we can complicate it one step further by saying like, okay, sometimes you're not necessarily going to have control or knowledge around like what that, that tax hits going to look like. If Amazon spikes up or spikes down, like now the RSU just had a significantly different tax impact when it vested as opposed to, like what you thought it would be. And so this is one of the things that a lot of our tech clients are really struggling with is like, okay, how do we measure, how do we manage the income that's coming in through any of the equity style structures, whether it's an RSU or grant or an ESOP or an ESPP, like any of those types of structures, like, okay, hey, we've got a whole host of different ways that we can participate in the equity of our company. How does that affect us from a tax standpoint?
0: Yeah. So when you, and how much of that do you get to keep, right? Like you and I have conversations all the time around lifestyle creep. And it's amazing. Like one of the common questions we also ask our clients is, okay, 10 years ago, what was your income? Right. And oftentimes we get this, like they're making 300,000 now, 10 years ago, they are making a hundred thousand. Right. Right. And, and, they, and then we, and we ask the question really to have it sink in. Like, okay, so your lifestyle right now is $250,000 a year. You're saving 50 grand. So you're saving 20% of your income. But here's something to think about. You were making $100,000, right? So think about how much lifestyles crept in. Now, obviously it may not be all lifestyle from the standpoint of like splurging, right? Right. Kids coming to play, right? House. And they're not cheap, right? yeah. Buying a new home. So we understand that. We're not trying to say that you know, this is all people going out and, and just spending their money and splurging on their money, but it is something it's important to take a step back and remember what we were making versus what we're making now
1: for that reason. hundred percent. And the, one of the other things to think about is that we're. I, I've talked to a ton of people when they first start making that jump from like a hundred thousand dollar income to like $200,000 income. Or like they have one-time RSUs or grants or whatever else. And they're like, oh, well, this is just going to be a one-time thing. And that's true until it isn't. And like two or three years down the road, like we're having the conversation. And they're like, oh, well, no, I need 10 grand to go take the vacation that I have been taking. Okay, got it. So that's now part of lifestyle, not a one-time thing. And most of the time they're like, Yep okay cool it does it does it, there's nothing good or bad around that no it's human nature it's just understanding it
0: yep which takes us to number three and you can see how all three of these really kind of jive with one another number three is okay what is that savings rate like I just brought up the person that went from a hundred thousand dollars make making a year to 250 they're saving or to 300 I'm sorry but they're saving fifty thousand dollars so they're saving twenty percent of well, almost 20%. They're actually saving slightly shy. If they're making $300,000 a year, 20% would be 60,000. But my point in getting at that is controlling what you can control, right? You can control where you're putting your money from a taxation standpoint and how that's taxed. You can't control the tax brackets necessarily unless you're going to get into politics, <laughs> which we're not going to go there today. To some extent, you can control your income because you you put in the work, right? You educate yourself. You can you can up your income as you go along. Maybe you have several streams of income. And then last but not least, you can control your savings rate. How much of that money do you want to keep on your balance sheet? How much of that money are you redeploying into other assets, right? So these are all the three factors you can control. And the, the reason that these are the top three where to focus on is you can actually control them. Whereas In our industry, it tends to be, well, let's talk about rate of return, as if you can control the rate of return.
1: It's all about rate of return or product or things of that nature. And really, so much of this is controlling the things that are within your reach and within your ability. Um, And going back to taxes for a second, um, we've recently brought on a new employee. And one of the things that we did was we had a client who was in the process of retiring. And so we ran some different calculations on like what type of income we were going to pull, where it was going to come from. And since we'd done a bunch of planning, we had choices as far as like how that was going to be taxed. One of the things that got brought up is like, oh, hey, you are likely going to be right on the verge of having your social security go from being 50% taxed to being 85% taxed or treated as... 50% 50% taxable income versus treated as 85% taxable income. And when we had that conversation with them, they were like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and shift you know, $1,000 or $2,000 a year for this period of time from this structure to that structure so that we can stay under what we're doing. And in fact, we were delaying $1,200 a year of, of income Who's going to save them sixteen hundred dollars a year in taxes? So these are things.
0: these are the the flexibility items that you get when you take purposeful decisions as to where you're putting your money and how
1: much of that money you're keeping. Yeah. So there's an example where not taking income created more than a one hundred percent rate of return in their circumstances. So, I think that's actually the perfect way to end
0: today's episode is really like a real life example of how to control things for the short term
1: and the long term, which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Uh, Our question today is what change will you focus on going forward? So, head on over to
0: beerandmoney.net, and there's a spot for you to answer that question of the day. If you got any value out of this, feel free to share it with your friends, family, comrades at work, right? The whole purpose of this podcast is having you think differently about your money so you can live the life that you want. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Alex, cheers.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. all investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value this material is intended for general public use by providing this content park avenue securities llc is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2022, 139335, expiration June 2024.